innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. It's been a pretty incredible week or so for Raquel and Hanato Canuto. As I record this on Monday, they both became no-gi world champions at the black belt level yesterday. About a week ago, at Kasai Pro, Raquel won a super fight against Caitlin Huggins, and Hanato broke through in the lightweight division that included such luminaries as Gary Tonin, Junio Casio, Gianni Grippo, and more to become Kasai's first lightweight champion. Lourdes was on site to record interviews with just about everybody, and she got interviews with every single medalist, including both Canudos, as well as some of the other folks on the undercard. We had a great time at Kasai, which was one of the most professionally run promotions that we've been a part of. We had a blast watching it and can't wait to see what Kasai does next. Lourdes got interviews with both the champion, Hanato Canudo, the silver medalist, Celso Vinicius, translated by Hobson Gracie, and the bronze medalist, Gianni Grippo. We're excited to bring all of those interviews, so let's get to it. But let's start with an interview with Cameron Florchak by Josh Murdoch. Cameron won his undercard super fight in a match that's still available on Flow Grappling, if you want to check it out. From there, we'll flow right into interviews with the winners of Kasai Pro, including Raquel and Hanato Canudo. Congratulations to both of them, and thanks for listening. So that's our bonus show for the week. We had planned to take a holiday break, but we had just too much good stuff to bring to you. We have one more show before the end of calendar year 2017, and that's going to be the Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Academy 10-year anniversary show. After that, we'll be back at you on January 7th and January 14th with some new jiu-jitsu from the Southeast and beyond. My name's Jeff Shaw. The co-hosts of the show are Lotus Cantu and Betsy O'Donovan. Thanks to everybody who supports us, especially those who support us on Patreon. You can join those for a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt. So I'm Josh Murdoch with Dirty White Belt Radio. Could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Cameron Florchuk. Cameron, your match was really awesome. You just walked out there, stuck your hand on the guy's collar, and kind of just went to work on it. Was that something that you practiced? Was that a sequence of events you kind of practiced? Yeah, well, I tried to look for the foot sweep right off the bat, and then he actually he pulled guard right away. So uh, I had actually seen a couple of videos of him where he likes to do the uh, uh, particular choke. So I tried to shut it down when I was passing. I like to uh, look to basically... Um, pass while I'm choking so it can kind of set up the pass you know so if they go to the choke I'm going to try to uh, get that three uh, you know for for the points but um, he kind of I passed but he had the hands in my collar really deep and so I sat for the arm lock I I was I didn't get my hips like I didn't get the correct fulcrum underneath his arm so he ended up coming to my close guard Uh, I tried to off balance him with like a like a flower sweep and then I was able to like pull my leg out catch his neck and then basically uh arm lock triangle him so yeah it was a lot of fun yeah well you did an amazing job it was really awesome watching you stay composed in that baseball choke setting the arm bar up was amazing man uh very good job thank you i appreciate it man have a good day you too 
Christmas is coming and it's time to get gifts for the grappler in your life. Every year at DirtyWhiteBelt.com on the blog, we have a grappler's gift guide and we want your suggestions. So be sure and tell us what you want for Christmas. But I'll tell you, on ToroBJJ.com right now, I see a bunch of things that would be really useful, including a Toro BJJ dress belt, a brand new Toro gi, or some of the sweet rash guards you can get from the best people with the best customer service around. Stop online at ToroBJJ.com and be sure to watch DirtyWhiteBelt.com for our grappler's gift guide this year. This is Lourdes with Dirty White Belt, speaking with Juni Ocasio of Unity Jiu-Jitsu. Hey, Juni. Hello, guys. How are you doing? So, Juni, we just watched you um, compete at Kasai Pro, and one, it was a, a feat that you even got here because you had to beat out what, four black belts in order to even qualify for Kasai Pro. I believe you were the only purple belt that was in the tournament. So tell me how you feel about Kasai and how your performance today. Uh, it, as far as Kasai, Kasai was one awesome. It's probably the biggest thing I've ever been a part of. Um, yeah, the route to get here was, was huge. Uh, as far as my performance, you know, there, there was a couple, you know, like Celsine, the first match I had was like the worst style matchup I possibly could have. But um, we did good. We fought as hard as we could. Um, Coco and uh, Gianni were, you know, much more fun. You know, they were fun matches. Uh, I didn't get the finish, and I didn't get the sweep, so obviously I'm a little disappointed. I think there's a couple spots I could have capitalized on getting up and sweeping. Um, with that said, you know, they're high-level athletes, and, and they were just, uh, they, they did a couple escapes that uh, were a little different. I, I got hit with a couple of little things that were a little different than what I'm used to seeing um, from my training partners. I think maybe because they're a little taller. Like, I think Coco hit me with, like, a double under that was just weird. It was just weird. I, and he did it two times until I caught on, and I was like, okay, now I know what he's doing. But, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a tough. Um, I felt, you know, I'm not one of these guys who think that, like, you know, you know I'm happy with just doing well, you know. Um, I think I, I did. I think my performance was good. It showed in, that I'm top at elite um, at any level, no matter what the belt rank is, um, that I deserve to be there. I, I absolutely 100% believe I deserve to be here and I'm, I'm on the stage and, and I think they got that respect real quick you know they, they, they knew real quick that, that they were not going to just walk through me what is it about you that why do, why do you think it is that you made it what makes you stand out so above the other my, so one is one is my upbringing you know like I, I've been through I've been through a lot in my life so I push harder and I see you know I, I think I could dig a lot deeper than a lot of people um, just throughout my uh, events that happened through my life and where I'm at right now. And also, um, I'm not built like other guys. Like, you know, a lot of guys, they, you know, there's a lot of high-level, like, purple belts, you know, um, that I know of. And I train with some of them. Like, I know some of them are, like, super high-level. But, you know, most guys, they just want to fight their belt rank and win and win and win. I can fight purple belt, and I can win, and I can win, and I can win, and I can win, which is usually what happens. Mm-hmm. But I get bored, and that's not what it is for me. If I, I don't want to win IBJJF Purple Belt for three years, you know, like I, after I've won a couple of times and won a couple of things, I want the next challenge. I see further than, than, the, than that, I, you know, and even though I'm a Purple Belt, you know, I believe and I train hard and I train with the best, and I believe I'm at that level. I see it. And today, I think out of anything I take from today is that I prove to myself that um, I belong on that stage with all these big guys. And I think, to answer your question, you know, I, I see, I see different. I want more. I, I'm not settling for 
being comfortable, being like an elite level person. Like I want elite level, period. Like there's no, there's no belt rank I want to like solidify myself. I want. I, I see myself fighting the top guys. You know, I you know I'm very disappointed I didn't make it to the third, the the, the third and fourth place match because I would have got to fight Tonin, and it would have been awesome to showcase some of the heel hooks exchanges and stuff I've been working on. But you know, I just see more than the average person, and I. I don't, I don't want to settle for things I can win easily. I want something that I walk into and I'm like, shit, I might get beat up and I might lose in front of everyone, in front of the world. And, you know, as nervous as that makes me, it also pushes me to, like, new heights, pushes me in my training, pushes me in my focus. And uh, this is just a stepping stone. And, uh, you know, I think leaving out of here, you know, they know, you know, nobody scored anything on me. You know, they, they know that they have to, you know, everyone knows now that they have to, you know, I'm the real deal, especially in Nogi. You know, uh, I think Nogi evens the playing field out a little bit, but um, especially Nogi. I feel like in Nogi, I, I'm world class, you know, um, and uh, I think I could have done a little bit better today. But, you know, with that said, you know, I, I, I see more than the average person. I don't want to win everything all the time the same thing like this open this open this open you know like I want invitations I want sub only I want all the titles I don't just want to be an IBJJF champ you know I think and that's what sets me apart is that I you know I can fight IBJJF and do well I can fight sub only and whatever rule set I go into you know I'm always looking for the next challenge and and that's that's what it is about now Junie I think that um, you've definitely proven that today and you've proven it over and over again that hunger and that drive to do um to do more than what your your belt level is, is asking you to do. And um, we're really proud of how well you did today and definitely Team Junie. And I see nothing and uh, nothing but awesomeness in your future. And I think everybody at Dirty White Belt feels the same way. Yeah, um, I, I really appreciate the port, support that Dirty White Belt gave me. You know, you guys are awesome and uh, you guys look out for me. And anything I need when, within reason, you, it's always there. And uh, you always try to go above and beyond. And you guys are Team Junie even before anything of all this stuff. So, you know, um, it, all, it, all that's going to happen is we're just going to move up from here. And uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to train tomorrow. And I'm going to head to my regular belt level for next weekend and uh, go back to my regular weight class, which mm-hmm. was 135. So it'll be nice to be back in my weight class. Hey, Lourdes. Hey. What's your favorite tournament organization in jiu-jitsu? Um, that's an easy one. It would have to be U.S. Grappling. And actually, I love them so much that I'm going to go to their ref training in January. I know that they put on a lot of ref trainings because they're serious about the competitor experience. I've actually gone to two of the ref trainings myself because I wanted to be really sure that I was a decent ref. Yeah, I really like the way that they do the ref training. One, you can go to the ref training and you, you can get your training done. But then they even kind of mentor you at one of the events. And so you, um, you get to practice doing your refing during real matches. And um, I really like that. U.S. Grappling is run by grapplers for grapplers. You can compete in the new year. Register early to get a break on price at usgrappling.com. This is Lourdes with Dirty White Boat Radio, and I'm speaking with Johnny Grippo at Kasai. Hi, Johnny. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. 
thank you for talking to me today. So I um, was watching your matches and I did see some Barambolos, especially like with Junie Ocasio when you were in your match with him. Like Junie was trying to Barambolo you and I think he actually did at one point. But my question, he didn't? (laughs) You're like, no, don't even say it. He was trying. He was trying. Well, but there's, okay, so my question is, is that there's been a lot of Barambolo hate out there lately. And so what are your feelings about that? I mean, it's been out there for... The hate has been out there for a while, and it's 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 nothing too new. And I'm always like kind of confused by it because the barambolo is like a position that maybe it skips a few steps, maybe you don't get the pass off of it. Sometimes you do get the pass off of it, but it leads to a dominant position. If you do the barambolo properly, you end up on the back, and that's like you know one of the higher um, rate submission places to be in. That's the best place you can be in, in an attacking position. A lot of people consider the Baron Bola to be kind of like a stalling position, and I, I totally disagree with that because if you do it right, you end up in a great position. Um, today with Gary, I was trying to do some Baron Bolas, and I almost ended up in a couple leg drags, which leads to the pass, leads to the back, and leads to good positions. It's not like it's leading to a position that doesn't go anywhere. It leads to a position that can eventually lead to the submission. Um, so I don't, I don't see why people dislike it. The one issue with it, I guess, is that the defense for it a lot is to end up in the 50-50. People kind of pull in the leg, and you can go into 50-50, and that can turn into a stalling position, and that could be hated on, but a lot of the time, that's the defender's issue. You know, that's just, that's just the counter for it. Um, but if you're looking to attack the Baron Bolo, you're not looking to go to 50-50 into a stalling spot. You're looking to take the back. You're looking to end up in leg drags and in dominant positions off of it. So I've... I think that the people that hate on it are the ones that just really don't understand it and um, don't, you know, study it enough or don't practice it, you know, because um, it's very it, it's very practical in competition. It works. I think it can work for anybody. I've done a lot of seminars working on the Barambolo, and with practice, anyone can pick it up, I really feel. You know, obviously it takes maybe a little bit more practice than some other things, but it's very practical. Um, another thing, I guess I just picked this up now, a reason why there's a lot of hate for it is because they say it's not, it, it, you know, I think Cron Gracie said something like, oh, if it's not, if it doesn't work for the street, then um, then it's then it's not practical. But of course we know that, you know, I'm not going to go into a street fight doing a barambola. I know that. This is sport jiu-jitsu. I'm not in here for self-defense. That's, that's not your that's not your self-defense go-to. You're going <laughs> to... Of course not. You know, I, I, I might be a barambola guy, but I know I'm not going to go for it. You know, that's it. Um... That's just how it is. Um, but yeah, I don't really understand the hate for it. I think that I think it's a great attacking position. It can be very exciting. It's acrobatic, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I do feel like anybody can do it with practice. So you don't think that you have to necessarily be um, more athletic or like have a like. It takes time. It just takes time, and it takes practice, and that's it. You know, and I, I think I think that with anything, you know, just putting in the effort, and that's that's how you get good. When I was reading your biography on on BJJ Heroes, actually, um, it talked a lot about just how athletic you are, and how you know you were a swimmer before you started doing jujitsu, and um, that that was your primary sport until you um, you started to take jujitsu a little bit more seriously. Um, and it also mentioned that you had done some um, amateur boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that, of course, then triggered in my mind. I was like, well, I wonder if he's ever considered doing any MMA. You know what? It was kind of like a thought. And I remember a couple years ago, I always used to think that was the process. You saw like guys like Hodger Gracie, Jacques Day, uh, even Marcelo for a short period of time. A lot of these guys, to you know, make money, they had to go to MMA because there was no money in jiu-jitsu. Um, but now you see with events like today, that's not necessarily the case. And so... Um, 
you know what? I did, I did boxing for a short period of time, but then I realized very quickly that I didn't really like getting hit too much. You know, I didn't really do so well in boxing. I was also, I was also nine and 10 years old. So okay. uh, it was very young. It wasn't like I did it in my early twenties or in my late teens. I did it when I was super young and it was kind of just like finding things that I like. My dad pushed me into a lot of different sports. Not that he forced me, but he like had me try things swim team I was on that for a while boxing you know all the all the regular regular recreational sports that you do in school I did those for a little period of time and then I found jiu-jitsu you know we tried it out and that was just kind of what clicked um and I always kind of thought maybe I would do MMA but the more I just got involved in jiu-jitsu the more I enjoy the purity of it Mm -hmm. um and I just never really had a desire to go into MMA um I mean I guess it's never out of the picture but at the same time I think at this point if I'm not at least starting to get a hand in it now. It might be a little too late because I'm 25. You mm-hmm. know, you see a lot of the guys that reach the top of MMA are probably younger than me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's necessary. So I could, if I wanted to be very good at something, I feel like I'm already a little bit behind the eight ball with that. So I feel like I'm doing all right in jiu-jitsu enough so that I can mm-hmm. make money off of it. This year was very profitable for me. Um, you know, I, I, I won a bunch of good events. So, you know, I, I feel like I don't really need to and I don't really have the desire, so... Right. Short answer, no. <laughs> no. I'm guessing then we'll be seeing you do more of these super fights, and has this been more of your focus, the super fights and, and uh, these like matches like we have at Kasai? Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy doing this. And not that I like don't enjoy teaching, but this is like this is a dream for me, being able to make money off of competing in jiu-jitsu. I kind of kill two birds with one stone. One, I can make money, and two, I can compete, which is something I very much enjoy doing. Um, you know, today obviously I didn't get the ten grand. I think I got I think I got twenty five hundred for third, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like a lot of these events, I've been able to to get paid for them, and it's you know it's it's really it's been paying off this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a it's been a good year. So. so I know that your parents, when you first started, your parents were driving you in to the city so you can train over at Henzo Gracie's Academy. Yes. And so, do you think? I mean, you're saying that this has been your dream to uh, to be able to support yourself, you know, doing jujitsu. Do you was that probably was that your parents' dream, or you know, how do your parents feel about the way that this has turned out? Because it seems like they've always supported you as an athlete, and is this kind of a fruition of, of all that they put into you? They never they never forced me into anything. They just mm-hmm. wanted me to like you know find something that I would enjoy. You know, they didn't care whether it was swimming or boxing, but they just wanted me to be active. You know, they wanted me to. You know, find something that I enjoy and really take a, a passion in it. Um, my dad was a big triathlete back in the day. He was, he did the Ironman in Hawaii a bunch of times. He did a lot of different uh, triathlons in his days. Um, so he was very athletically driven. Yeah, he was very goal oriented in that. Um, and yeah, I, I guess they kind of he kind of like pushed me into other things that I wasn't maybe motivated for, but. I eventually found jiu-jitsu and you know the more he kind of kept taking me the more I got involved and the more I enjoyed it and then they can kind of after a couple of years they let go of the reins and I kind of took over from there because mm-hmm. they kind of like coaxed me into it enough right. to the point where I was like comfortable with it and I took it to my took it my own I think they always wanted me to be kind of serious about something that I was into and and then now I think I've taken it to another level where they're like okay Gianni stop talking about jiu-jitsu all the time you know let's let's <laughs> have you, you know. gotten either of them to do it no, my parents are a little bit older. Uh, my dad is my dad is seventy, mm-hmm. and my mom's sixty. And um, out of all the sports, I don't know if they want me to say their age, but I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, my since my dad was very active, he skydives as well. He's been skydiving since he was sixteen, 
and all the triathlons and everything is just taking a beating on him. I would yeah. love for him to do it because after everything he's watched over 15 years of me in training, he wouldn't even need to jump in a class. I'm pretty sure he would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just age and work and, and yeah. everything else. And I think they have enough stress watching me do it to begin with, so I don't think they need to jump in there as well. I bet. So how do you think they or How do you feel that you did today? And how do you think your parents like, – because it was – some of your matches were pretty stressful. There were some pretty intense yeah. moments. I always, I always go up to my parents and I like when I don't do as well as I want. I always kind of like apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry. They're 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 a lot easier than they used to be. I think they used to be harder on me, but now they understand how how tough this is and how how difficult it is to to win at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really worry about the result. They don't care about wins and losses. They just care about the effort. And what you about know? you? How do you feel? about how you did I feel okay I feel okay I feel like I was a little hesitant out there today um, I had I, I didn't open up as much as I would have liked um, because there were really in each match there was opportunities for me to score and at least get the win and um, in the first three matches in the group stages um, they all ended in draws where I, I feel like if I just kind of followed through a little bit more I could have you know scored the points I could have stayed ahead so what do you why, why do you think you held back I don't know. I don't know. I made just thinking about too many things, thinking about how they would counter, or, or I was thinking about like the leg locks, which I at Marcelo's we don't really practice as much. Um, you know, there was there was some hesitancies because there was some things I was like unsure of. Um, I didn't allow myself to to fully trust myself this time because I was facing different guys. I I found myself overthinking it a little bit, and that's something that I that I that I have to overcome a little bit more. Um, overthinking. Do you, think, do you think that the um, that the way that this tournament was structured maybe influenced that because you had to go against like four different people or four people that were all in your same bracket before you could move on? I mean, the the, the rule set didn't make it easy. Um, six minutes, you know, if you fall behind on points, you, you kind of like uh, it's hard to catch up because it's such a short period of time. So you're kind of you're a little bit closed off. You're a little bit tight. You're afraid to kind of open up because any mistake. You know, it's it's hard to come back from. Um, in six minutes, like I, the one thing I always noticed is like no gi at like ADCC. The, those matches are ten and fifteen minutes long, and sometimes a lot of those matches still end in zero zero. And this was six minutes today, right. and so it's it's really hard to score points because there's no advantages, and it's hard to establish positions more in no gi. So it, it was it was difficult to score. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm making too many excuses, but it was a a combination of me not performing at my best and the rules that were a little bit different that, that kind of like made it difficult today. Yeah. But hey, someone won, you know. <laughs> so let me let me um, move the conversation into something that it seems to me like it would be an easy choice for you. Um, and it's and I'm saying I think it's an easy choice because I'm looking at your socks. But um, what's your favorite food? Uh, well, it's not actually. What well, it's really not bacon. Um. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell our listeners. So um, Johnny's wearing some very nice uh, socks, blue socks with bacon all over them, which are, are pretty sweet. Well, you know what? I, I bought these socks one day. There was this really good saleswoman. That I, was, I had to buy a new pair of shoes, and she was, like, really pitching these socks to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy them. You know, <laughs> I had a little extra money on me. I'm like, okay, I'll buy the socks. And they had, like, uh, they had taco socks, bacon socks, like, cactus Red uh, chili pepper socks. I think there was one other one I got. Um, and there was one tournament that I was going to do in Boston, and I kind of just made a vote on, on Instagram, like, oh, which socks should I wear? I chose between the bacon socks and the taco socks. And the taco socks won. And I wore them, 
and I think I had a stretch of like four, I had a stretch of like five or six tournaments where I won my weight class every time. Did you wash the socks in between? Or yes. Okay, okay, go on. Um, so I won my weight class every time with those. And just recently I competed at New York Open or New York Pro in New York and I, I lost with them. And I'm like, my streak ended, guys. So I need to, <laughs> I need to, okay, let's open up the vote again to one more pair of socks. And it was bacon socks today. And it was funny, actually, I had two draws in my first two matches, and I forgot to walk out with the socks. So I was like, okay, i got to go put the socks on. <laughs> and I still had a freaking draw in the third fight, but maybe, maybe they helped with me in the, in the fight with Gary for third. So I, I don't know. Silly shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll definitely keep my eyes out then for the next time we're voting on your socks. I didn't win. I, I didn't win, so I might need to go get another pair. Okay. <laughs> you need to go back and, and change the sock yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Johnny. No problem. Thanks a lot. Hey, Jeff Shaw. Hey, Betsy O'Donovan. I was browsing the geese online at ToroBJJ.com the other day. What did you see? I saw a new Jeff Shaw gi, and it got me to thinking. I think a lot of people are curious how different gi designs happen, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. A lot of people start with color. I don't. I start with design elements that I want to include, and every gi I want to have a theme, something that has a little little Easter egg that only the people that are in the know know about. For this gi, I used to live in Okinawa, and I'm really fascinated with Okinawan culture, particularly because the culture is so linked to the martial arts. And so I came up with a few images that I thought were just generally cool looking, but that also fit the themes that jiu-jitsu people think about a lot, like honor, loyalty, dignity. And then we came up with a really cool purple color to throw on top of it. I was a purple belt at the time. <laughs> well, you can check that gi out, as well as uh, a lot of other fantastic and comfortable gis at ToraBJJ.com. Thanks for supporting our friends. This is Lourdes with Dirty White Belt Radio, and I'm here speaking with Celso Vinicius at Kasai, and Hobson Gracie is translating for us today. So my first question is to, to you, Celso, is what was it like grappling expert adults at the age of 16? At the age of 16, you were competing at a very high level. What was that like? Você começou a competir com 16 anos na categoria de adulto. Assim, já, já competia antes, mas com 16 anos já entrava no adulto e arrebentava. Já, como é que foi isso? É, eu acho que posso falar que eu dediquei a minha vida para isso, né? Eu, quando eu comecei a treinar jiu-jitsu, eu já pensava em um dia ser campeão mundial de faixa preta. Então, assim, eu, eu dediquei a minha vida, eu, eu acreditei nisso desde o primeiro dia que eu pisei no tatame. Então, é, isso aí eu acho que foi um fruto do do trabalho que eu fiz ali dentro com meu mestre, com o Gordo, e ele sempre me apoiou, e ele foi um cara que sempre me jogou pra frente ele falou, quando eu tinha 15 anos ele me deu azul, quando eu tinha 16 anos ele me deu a roxa, então ele foi me jogando pra frente e falou, não, você vai lutar na categoria de cima, você vai lutar no adulto foi o, o meu mestre o Gordo que foi me direcionando Ok, basicamente ele disse the first day when he got he, he got on jiu-jitsu, when he stepped on the mat, the first day he already know that's what he's gonna do for the, the whole life. He's gonna dedicate himself. And one more thing, once he Gordo was really important in his career to help him, to motivate him to, to compete. And Gordo said, Okay, you're gonna compete at the adult class because you can't. So I Gordo give all the support to him. So once he stepped on the mat, he has a coach and then he believed 
that uh, he he's going to be a world champion. He's going to fight for that. He's going to dedicate his whole life for that. That belief that you have, was that something that you just knew in your heart or was it something you had to try to convince yourself of? There's a lot of people that want to be world champions, and but there's some people that I've talked to that have made high le- made it to the highest level and they seem to always just know that they're going to be a world champion. And so what was the difference for him? Did he know or was it just that he wanted it? Foi uma coisa que você queria desde o início ou foi uma coisa que você sempre acreditou? Você sempre acreditou que você ia ser campeão mundial ou você teve que se convencer a ser campeão mundial? Ah, vou ter que trabalhar, vou ter que fazer um duro danado para ser campeão. Ou você sempre teve isso no seu coração desde sempre? Acho que os dois, né? Eu primeiro acreditei, primeiro eu tinha vontade, é, a vontade era muito grande, mas a gente não tem nunca certeza, né? E eu acho que como eu falo, o Gordo tem uma importância muito boa, muito grande nisso, que ele sempre acreditou em mim também. Então isso me deu uma segurança muito grande que um dia eu ia chegar. É, a partir do momento que eu estava numa academia que tinha outro, o meu mestre era o campeão mundial, e, e ele acreditava que eu poderia ser também, é, isso aí me passou uma confiança. Então como já era uma coisa que eu acreditava, essa confiança de estar tá ali com o meu mestre, ele acreditar em mim, acho que foi o que deslanchou. First, first he believed he could be a world champion. He want he wants to be a world champion. And then after, after training with Gordo, because he was a world champion too, so Gordo gave him the confidence to. And Gordo said, "You can be." So he started believing and started working harder. So, like he said again, Gordo gave him all the support. And then once he had this happened, Gordo said, "It's like a, a contract only signed under." Okay, you can be world champion too, and then he believed and he started working harder, and that's make him unstoppable to conquer all the titles. In 2009, he took on the role of head coach for High and Gracie's academies, which combined had over a thousand students. Um, you were 26 at the time and competing, and you were competing at a high level, and you took on this huge responsibility. Can you talk to me about that? Because there's a, a lot of people who, at 26, are like, I'm in the middle of my 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 competing career. I don't know that I want to take on teaching. And yet, he also was able to do that. Você, com 26 anos, foi para a Ryan Grace assumir como head coach, professor. E, e durante, durante a competição, competindo, é, 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 como foi isso para você? Porque tem muita gente que não aceita parar a carreira de atleta para virar professor. É uma responsabilidade muito grande. Como foi para você isso? É, a minha cabeça ela é movida a desafios. Eu sou uma pessoa movida a desafios. Então, eu botei isso que era mais um desafio. E isso que me, que me move, entendeu? É, eu sempre gostei de desafios. Eu sempre... Eu, é uma coisa que me... Ela, me faz crescer o desafio. Quanto maior o desafio, maior a minha vontade. Então foi uma coisa que só me deu mais vontade. On his head is moved by challenges. So was a, for him was a big challenge, and that's what he said is moving me. The challenge move make me want to be uh, act, active, great things. Bigger is the, the challenges, biggest will be my, my desires to conquer. So uh, was really hard in the beginning, but. That's okay. Let's do it. So, how does he feel? Like, how does he feel? How he did tonight at Kasai? 
como você se sentiu hoje competindo aqui? O que você achou? Isso é uma performance. É, eu acabei dando machucando na primeira luta, isso não é desculpa. Mas eu acho que atrapalhou um pouquinho no meu rendimento. Eu acho que eu poderia ter ido melhor se eu tivesse 100%. Mas o meu corpo estava machucado na minha cabeça não. Então eu fui até o final, lutei até o final e fiz o meu melhor. Infelizmente não, não consegui ser o campeão, mas eu, eu tentei dar o meu melhor. Ele sentiu seus ribs na primeira luta. But his body like, was saying him to stop, but he, he said he's going to keep going he's on his mind. And he tried to give his best, uh, but the body slowed down him a little bit. But on the, on the mind, on the, on the heart, he kept fighting really well, and he, and he kept fighting, giving everything on the mat. So he's really happy that the, the title didn't come, but at least he, he didn't let, uh, he gave everything on the mat. Did he come into the match with a hurt rib, or did that happen during his match? Aconteceu durante a luta ou já veio assim? Não, durante a primeira luta eu fui tentar encaixar uma chave de pé e o menino para poder se defender ele chutou a minha costela. Foi aí que machucou. Was during the first time, the first match, uh, he tried to do a, a footlock, and the guy to defending kick his ribs. That's how he hurts. Well, it was a real pleasure getting a chance to watch him today, and I'm really thankful that he took the time to talk to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Raquel, um, you just had your matches at Kasai Pro, and how do you feel you did today? Uh, you, you know what? I obviously would have liked the submission. I attempted a couple, but I didn't get them, but I am happy with my wins. I... I I used to be the kind of person I was never satisfied, but now I know that I have to enjoy the, the big victories, the small victories, and you know I just got my black belt, so you know every win, every win is good. You know, so I'm happy tonight. So tell me something because I, I noticed that you were not only did you compete tonight, but your husband is also on the card, mm -hmm. and so you were even coaching him on the yeah, side. So yeah. what was that like to? to try to get your mental game prepared to compete while you're also being concerned for yeah. the person that you're coaching? You know, it was tough because we have uh, one of our, you know, we call him our son because he came and stayed with us for a little bit, and he's, he's younger than me, so he, he would call me not to mom and dad, you know, so he's here, and he's here in New York, but he had to go pick up his girlfriend at 9 o'clock. So it was like he was supposed to be our coach, but then he got to stay for one match, and he had to leave, and he ended up making him just for the last match. The whole time I was trying to prepare to coach him and stay focused on my match. But for me, like for, for us, the stakes were higher for him. You know, like he was a part of a, you know, something way bigger than, than what I was doing. I just had one match, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, I can, I can get it together for one match. You know, like our focus, our focus, my focus tonight was like mainly on making sure that I, could, I had good coaching for him because I want to make sure that I, you know, say the right things or, you know, and that's the thing I worry about the most. And when I coach my students, I'm like, man, what if I don't know what to say? You know, it's, it, it coaching is a hard thing to do too. So, yeah. Yes. I, I feel like coaching, I, I, I'm an awful coach. I'm, yeah. like, I'm all bridge and shrimp. I'm like, yeah. just bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So like with Hinato, he knows most of what to do. So a lot of things is just reminding him like, okay, circle, like the, where the referee is looking at him, like, okay, circle, make sure you're circling, make sure you're not uh, backing up. So he just likes me to tell him those things, the time. Um, for things that I can see, but when you're saying, just tell me the time, just tell me the time. I say, okay, I can do that. Right. So tell me about your MMA career. You've had matches in yeah. MMA against some pretty stellar, yeah, like, yeah. you know, 
opponent. Um, so, yeah. you, what's your, what do you feel that your greatest accomplishment is? You know what? I, I, it, it's, sh- it's shitty to say that it was my greatest accomplishment, but a couple of months ago, I fought for the belt of Invicta. I lost the decision. I didn't fight the way I would have liked to fight. But for me, there was a time where my record was two and four, and I had a backwards record. So for me to fight my way back to the top and be a title contender. That, that, for me, is one of my biggest accomplishments because anybody who has a 2-4 and four record would probably give up, you know? Right. So it, it never crossed my mind, but just, you know, getting after it every day and finding my way there, and I'm okay, now I have to go back, make some adjustments, and then, you know, get back at that belt. How, how do you come back from, from that? Like, how mentally, like, what, what do you do to, like, get yeah. yourself? You know what? It's, it's hard. Uh, for a couple of months... It, it was shortly after my birthday, too. I mean, it was shortly before my birthday, too. So it was kind of like I lost, and then I was not where I wanted to be by, by the time. I, you know, it was not on the course that I wanted to be. So I took, it was a little up and down for me for a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, my, my mind's strong. I'm like, you know what? Even if I'm feeling these motions, I'm still going to train. I'm still going to work on my mental game. I'm still going to, like, push myself to keep going and keep going and keep going. Like, for me, I'm, unless, until I reach my goals, I'm not going to stop. You know, so just every day getting back in the gym and training and making sure that I'm fixing my mistakes. And that's what I'm doing right now. You know, like I, I had a really, really long year last year. So it was like a year and a half of nonstop going, like managing Hinato's jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu and my MMA career was hard. So by the time I got to the fight, I, I realized after that I was just burnt out. So now I'm like, that was something that I didn't imagine happening. I had a perfect camp. Everything was good. And then I got there and I like the last week and a half, I was just spent. Like I couldn't. It, it was, you know, just one of those things. Okay, now I have to learn how to manage my training, but I can't keep going, like, tournament after tournament after tournament, and then a fight camp, and then tournament, 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 fight camp. Like, I have to have a little bit of downtime. So I kind of did that. I did a couple of tournaments in the last couple of months, but I wasn't training, like, 100% going right. crazy. You know, I had to, like, manage my training and make sure that I was letting myself have a little bit of time to relax until the Europeans, which would have been, like, the big tournament for right. me. Right. So, okay, so I hear you talking about your downtime. Yeah. On the other hand, I know that in 2015, you just won Nogi World yeah, as I, a purple belt. And, yeah, like, yeah. and now you're competing as a black belt. So it yeah, sounds yeah. like, honestly, you know, it sounds like uh-huh. you have been on yeah, the go yeah. a lot. I actually, um, I won the Nogi Worlds the last two years. So I won it 14, 15, and 16. Oh, okay. So I'm constantly competing. Like I com- before, I would just compete in all the major tournaments. Mm-hmm. And then uh, now I started competing. Like, since Hanout and I got together, we started doing more opens and... Um, I'm trying to get more competition experience because I don't think people realize, like, I went from white to black fairly quick because I was training so much and I would do well at all the tournaments that I did. So I I advanced faster than I expected to, but I don't have enough competition experience. So I think, like, I've probably done just 25 tournaments in my whole, like, jiu-jitsu career. So I'm still learning. Like, I I really am still learning every day. Like, every day is new for me. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a pleasure watching you compete today, yeah, and I'm you. really excited um, to watch you more on the stage. And it sounds like that's your plan. Yeah, that's we'll my see plan. More of yeah, you. that's my plan. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Lourdes with Dirty White Belt Radio, and I'm speaking with Mr. Hinato Hinato Canoodle. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? good, good. Really so, happy today. Really, I bet you're really happy. You have this nice big belt. You got this really nice Kasai Pro trophy, and your wife did awesome tonight. Yeah. So tell me about your night. Today was a great day for my family. Yeah. I got saying like today was the day of the, the underdogs. You know, today is the day that like people from my series probably going crazy right now. People from my gym back in Vegas, back in Brazil, in San Vicente. Uh, you know, like we're making this big, and like I just want to like show to everyone that like. Doesn't matter where you are, 
who you are. If you have a dream and you go for it, you keep hustling, mm-hmm. you're gonna get there, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is just the beginning, just getting started. I'm 21 still, and I'm gonna go a little. I look way older. I know that. <laughs> I'm gonna shave right now by the end of the year. I shave once a year. <laughs> just getting started. I hope to be back soon here at Kasai again, maybe to do a super fight or something. And I just wanna keep, you know. I, I'm training all the time. I never stop training. So yeah, I'm just happy. So are we gonna are we gonna see you more than next year? Yes, for sure. So the, the, uh, this next weekend, I just got into Nogi World, so I'll be competing in Nogi Worlds also too, a lightweight. And then uh, Europeans, I'm ready. I'm ready going to fight too. I, I already registered. I'm buying the tickets right now to go with this money that I got today. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so you know, like Jiu-Jitsu money, go to Jiu-Jitsu. Exactly. And that's how it's been like my whole life. You know, I was like most of the time trying to. Yeah, I mean, like just crazy, like to be here today and doing this. You know, getting. A hotel, tickets, everything mm-hmm. paid to come to New York, Times Square, mm-hmm. come compete at Kasai, make some some money, you know, like, it's good for me, for my wife, like, we're closing out the year and we're, like, looking up to our account and we're like, oh, shit, we're actually, like, not not as good as we were, like, not, not good, like, not that we were good, but, like, mm-hmm. we are even, like, less money than we had, like, by the end of last year. Right. So something went wrong on our plans. Like, right. Just keep fighting and this and that, but you should still getting out there with these tournaments like that mm-hmm. they do pay so today was a great show I had great competitors here mm-hmm. and I mean the, the more people like this kind of stuff the right. best it is for us that's why I'm gonna come here I'm gonna always fight right. and I'm gonna try my best because I want people excited to watch you know and you were definitely had a lot of really exciting yeah. matches was there anything were there any matches that surprised you or was there a favorite match that you had tonight I think uh, is that belt pretty heavy yeah, the belt's a little bit heavy. <laughs> Cut it a lot of weight, and they fought a lot of tough guys today. Uh, how can I say? I don't know if I have a favorite one. I, I'm just mad about some stuff. You know how it is? Like, yeah. jiu-jitsu. I'm a jiu-jitsu uh, nerd, too, you know? Like, I'm always studying, always fixing myself. So, like, today I'm just, like, looking to a bunch of mistakes that I did. Yeah. I'm like, shit. But I think the one that I did less mistakes... I don't know, actually. I did a mistake in all of that. The, the Masher one was really good, but Masher is really like, we're good friends, you know? Okay. We got to train together. He came to Vegas, they did a camp, so we hang out a lot. And like, you know, besides the whole social media thing, they're cool guys, you know, just like so normal like kids. To be, like, to be competing against your friends? Like, like when you get to the yeah. map, you're just like, yeah, we're well, not kind of, right now? Yeah. I thought it would be like a little bit more awkward, but you know, like we do this all the time, like we do this for life. So this happened to me before. Right. This probably happened to him before too. So right. I just like, you know, brother, like, hey, good to see you here. Good that you're here together. Like, you know, just like hug each other, bro. Let's put in a great match, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what happened. By then, he always got me like almost past my guard to the mound. I was like, oh, shit, I have to get out of here. So like, what's well, cool, you know, like we're gonna like not put this aside, like. This doesn't make like no difference. We're gonna be like pushing in ways. We're gonna be fighting in ways. Even if so, senior like was hard to fight. I got like I watched since I'm, I'm young. He's a right. world champion on on my category. You know, like yeah. from a long time ago. And I'm, I'm talking to him in the background. We're all together and they're hanging out. They're like, hey, let's go there now. You know, let's go for it. Let's fight. So, so um, both you and your wife won tonight. And so I'm guessing yeah. we're gonna be seeing more of you guys out on the scene and jujitsu scene. I hope so. I hope so. Hey, man, I, I tell you what. I, I do kind of good. Uh-huh. My wife, 
she's a badass motherfucker. Like, she will tap all the black belts in the gym. She will go for it. You gotta like, you know, watch out for her. Today she was a little bit mad. You see, like she would be always going like for the submission stuff, but you guys can put any girl there for real. Like, how Raquel too? I'm challenging her. She's always training, always getting ready. That's all she does, like for her life. That's all we do. You know, we train each other. We drill. We correct ourselves, and we are here. We are ready. Call right. us, and we're gonna be there. That is awesome. Always well, ready. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, and thank congratulations you. on your win. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. So that's our bonus show for the week. We had planned to take a holiday break, but we had just too much good stuff to bring to you. We have one more show before the end of calendar year 2017, and that's going to be the Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Academy 10-year anniversary show. After that, we'll be back at you on January 7th and January 14th with some new jiu-jitsu from the southeast and beyond. My name is Jeff Shaw. The co-hosts of the show are Lotus Cantu and Betsy O'Donovan. Thanks to everybody who supports us, especially those who support us on Patreon. You can join those for a dollar a month at patreon.com slash dirtywhitebelt. Thanks.